bust out of your silos. Think about your organization as a horizontal network and break down your hierarchy and communicate openly and collaborate. You need to be on it. That's Rachel Miller, founder of the All Things I See Consultancy. Rachel's what you might call a change agent for internal communications. How can we record a conversation with the CEO? How can we strip out the audio and do a podcast from it so we can reach our front line? And it, it's just thinking very, very differently. And this isn't rocket science, really. It, it's around how can we be smarter with our content? She believes in digital media as a way of organisations to empower their people to deliver greater value. Giving employees a voice is a huge benefit of social media, internal social media particularly, but it should be coupled with your values and the way that you work as an organisation, your culture, which is genuinely, we want our employees to have, have a voice. And she's also a bit of a geek. I love an internet. <laughs> I really do. I do. I think they've done well. They can be fantastic, particularly for amplifying employee voice. In today's show, we're talking about how the evolving digital landscape is impacting internal communications, from the tools available and the opportunities that they provide, to the challenges that they present. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. Thanks for joining me today, Rachel. I appreciate your time. Before we start talking, actually, I think congratulations in order because All Things I See is now just turned five years old. Is that correct? It has indeed, yes. Just celebrated my fifth birthday on the 31st of January 2018. So yes, five, five years young. <laughs> um, and what have you kind of learned along the way then, five years into your business? Oh, good question. I've learned that it's really helpful to be open to ideas from your network. So when I started All Things I See, I wasn't prescriptive about what I was offering. I had been asked for three years before leading to running my own business by internal comms people whether they could work with me. And it was for various different topics and issues that they were asking for my help with. But I was working in-house and wasn't able to offer consultancy. So when I decided to launch All Things I See back in January 2013, I deliberately just said I'm now available and wanted to see what I was known for and what people needed to help with. And that was really helpful because it's been an iterative process. So I've evolved my offering along the way. So five years in now, the experience that I've had and the problems that I help solve for internal comms practitioners gives me a really clear understanding of the current market. And I help people help themselves when it comes to internal comms. So not being prescriptive from day one has been a really huge benefit for me. And I've learned so much and I've made so many mistakes along the way. It's not been perfect. You and me both. Oh my goodness. But I think, you know, I'm just open to that. I'm just open to learning and evolving my offering as, as I go. And just being, you know, internal comms has changed dramatically in the last five years. So if I was doing today, an offering today what I offered on day one then I don't think my business would be growing yeah I actually totally agree with the fact of evolving what you do and being open to doing that as you go because I mean I've been going three years independently now and it's the same with me what what I'm doing now is very different to what I was doing three years ago yeah congratulations on, on three years thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's scary though it's, it's, it's a scary thing to do and to launch and say I'm available would anyone like to work together that doesn't 
that doesn't really get any easier, I don't think, to just wave a flag and say, I'm, I'm here. But people keep on coming. And, I, and I'm most importantly, I'm, I love what I do, which I think is important. Whatever you do in your business, in your job, if it's working for yourself or working for other people, you get you get out of it what you put into it, I think. So um, I love it. Wouldn't change it for the world. Love it. Fantastic to hear. So what sort of changes have you seen in internal comms over the last five years? Oh, good question. So I think... I think digital particularly is been the beast in the room. It's been it's been the the thing we need we know we need to get better at. And it's felt like an optional extra, if you like. So it's ten years since I wrote my postgraduate diploma dissertation on how to use social media for internal communication. So I started that at Kingston University back in two thousand eight, nine, and I was researching how to use social media for internal comms. And here we are 10 years later, and some people are still having the conversations that I, the research that I was doing 10 years ago and conversations I was having 10 years ago are still happening today. Yeah. What's changed, I would say, in the last five years is an, an awareness of it's not an optional extra anymore. You need to understand this, that, you know, it's a beautiful world of digital and the opportunities that digital communication affords you. But I think the difficulty for most internal comms practitioners is making sense of the noise everywhere you go there are different platforms to use there are people telling you that you know you should be trying this and this is the next shiny big thing we need to have our heads turned by and for me I always come back to the fundamental principles of internal comms have not changed in the last five years in the last 50 years really frankly around how do we get the right information to the right people at the right time we now have more opportunities and ways to do that so I think in the last five years we've got better at navigating through the noise but there's still a lot more work to be done Mm -hmm. you said in there about we need to get better how receptive are internal communications professionals to what is happening in digital do you find that there are big gaps between those who are fully on board and those who are still very reticent to get involved in the digital side of things i think there's less reticence now from people I think there's less hesitation around feeling like this is being done to us I think there was very much a shift around five years ago so I I run a an unconference called the big yak with two friends of mine Jenny Field and Dana Leeson and the very first one was all around really focused on digital communication the agenda is set it's set by people in the room and year one which was 2013 you could not move for conversations about digital and yammer and what is it how does it work how do we get leaders on board so it's probably about 50 60 percent i would say of conversations on that day on year one were all around digital on year two the conversation shifted to be okay so we've got it how do we make the best of it how do we make the most of it and that was a real in in 12 months which shifted that conversation or you know practitioners shifted the conversation the third time we ran it so in 2016 there was one session on digital communication it just felt part and parcel of the way that our companies communicate and the next big yak is on the 9th of june this year 2018 and I'm curious to see where we'll be at. There was no one in the room, the last big yak, who said digital isn't for us. Whereas five years ago, the conversation was, you know, I'm not sure if this is for us or not. And there was some reticence and there was some hesitation around, is this the right thing for our organisation? I don't believe digital is, you know, a silver bullet and can magically cure all communication ills by, by any stretch of the imagination. But we need to understand what's out there and we need to understand as we do with anything when it comes to the way our companies communicate, we need to understand what's out there, 
is it right for us? And if so, how do we make it work? And how do we tailor it for our people, for our employees? Sure. Have you seen changes in the types of tools that people are using now? Because thinking back, maybe sort of, again, about five years ago, I think, I introduced or tried to introduce Yammer to an agency I was working at the time with varying degrees of success, let's say. But now you have a whole plethora of different types of digital tools from enterprise social networks like Yammer, You've got things like Asana and Trello for workflow. There's Slack. There's Facebook at work. There's webcasts. There's all sorts of stuff out there now. Is it more confusing from an internal communications point of view? I don't know if it's more confusing. I would say it's noisier. And the reason being where we don't have a good content strategy and where we don't have a good digital strategy inside our organizations, our employees fill the gaps. So what I'm seeing, certainly from the work that I do with with my clients and people in my network, is we're seeing the rise of shadow comms. So we've had shadow IT for years. We've had people doing their own, you know, using WeTransfer and using Dropbox in the background because the structure of their organizational IT systems are just not helping them do their jobs. Right. I'm now seeing that with communication, which is why we're seeing the rise of things like WhatsApp and Trello and Slack and Box and all these other systems and other ways of communicating that are going on is because our employees are filling the gaps. They're spotting a need in terms of our organisational communication and where we're not providing platforms or opportunities, particularly for two-way communication, they'll just do WhatsApp. They'll just do their own. I'm seeing this more and more and it's come to a head really this year because of GDPR. So because of the General Data Protection Regulation coming in in May, you suddenly have to be aware of what information, what data is being shared inside your organisation, on which channels and by who. And and if you don't know what your shadow comms and your shadow IT is in your organisation, you can't possibly be able to influence those conversations and be able to ensure critically that you're being compliant. So that is the biggest conversation that I'm having currently with, with people in my network is, oh my goodness, this is coming. What does this mean? What does it mean for internal comms? And I think it's not as complicated as it sounds, but there is a gap in terms of understanding, training, and educating ourselves, frankly. So I've been blogging for about a year on GDPR, Bristol Water, for example, the head of comms there, Eleanor Tweddle, recently blogged for me about this is how we're preparing our employees. So this is the crossover, as there often is, between technology and communication and how do we ensure our people have the right information to do their jobs, but also what else are they sharing? What customer data are they sharing? What personal employee data are we sharing? And do we have a handle on it? That shift in workforce behaviour that you're describing there, that's changing Perhaps a lot of things, whether it's internal or external, and companies do seem to be under a lot of pressure to get a handle on that. Is that one of the biggest problems, perhaps, that organisations are facing when it comes to the evolving tech that is being used within companies? I think the behavioural change piece is a really interesting one. And I think it underpins all of your technology and your organisation and the way that you communicate and the way that you work. Because the difference is you are suddenly able to work out loud. You're suddenly previously invisible conversations, ideas and people are now made visible through technology. So the impact of that is quite dramatic in some organisations because that's not a normal way of working for many companies, that your knowledge is your power. So being encouraged to share your thinking, to work out loud, to share your knowledge, doesn't come naturally to many organisations. So 
what I see often is that it's a big shift because you're suddenly saying, bust out of your silos, think about your organization as a horizontal network and, and break down your hierarchy and communicate openly and collaborate. That takes a long time. That is about changing behaviors. It's not impossible, but you need to be on it and you need to understand what good looks like when it comes to good, effective organizational communication and design your systems, your processes and communicate to your people and with your people this is how we want communication to happen here. Sure. Do you think that piece is one of the major differences between how technology is used in internal communications and external communications? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think because ultimately we're, we're dealing with, with people and we're dealing with, we know that you can use social media for employee advocacy. On Twitter, for example, you see hashtag life at L'Oreal. You see all sorts of different companies who are using social media in a really fantastic way to shine a spotlight internally of this is what it means to be part of our organization. This is our culture. This is the way that we work. There's some companies doing that very, very well. Yeah. But what I'm interested in is what's the, what's the gap? Is there a disconnect between how you talk about your organization externally and how you perceive them to be through using social media and then the internal reality, the internal culture. So it's the employee experience as a whole and it's your employee brand as a whole. And I see that a lot. And I see that where I spend a lot of different, a lot of time going to different offices. And I often get an impression of an organization through their glass door profile, through looking at what their employees are saying about them on social media and, and what their own websites and social feeds mm-hmm. say. I've already got an impression of them. When I go in, I pretend I'm there for an interview and I just observe for the first time, what was it like to be an employee here? What's it like to be treated as an employee? And I, and I look at, you know, a plush reception with nice mugs and nice tea and it's all very you know, swanky and, and yep. posh. And then I might go through a door with employees and they're scrabbling for mugs in their lockers. <laughs> they can't find the tea bags. <laughs> And this image that you have externally and the reality internally, there's often a huge disconnect. So I think the role of digital is to bridge that gap. It can give you an understanding of what a culture is like. But the best way to concentrate on that is to actually start internally. And it's not about making things look shiny and brilliant externally. It's what do we need to do inside our organizations to create the conditions for our employees to thrive And then if you've got that right, then there is more chance of advocacy on social media because the stories they will tell will be true. And the stories they tell will be, this is such a good place to work. I want to tell everyone. That doesn't just happen without effort. So I think one of the biggest differences is is that perception you get of a company externally versus the internal reality. You can't fool people. Sure. You can see very, very clearly, particularly through things like Glassdoor, if it's not quite working. Yeah. Do you think, therefore, that the, one of the major roles of internal comms and specifically the digital platforms used with internal comms is about empowerment, about giving employees a voice, not just externally, but giving them a voice internally as well to be able to say, you know, our mugs are rubbish and we can't <laughs> find the tea bags? Yeah, that's exactly it. So it is like previously invisible conversations are made visible through through these social technologies and platforms but i think giving employees a voice is a really critical one because they've got one and they're using it anyway and if you use social technology in the right way it's it's the the best indication of your culture and the sentiment of your organization because if your employees are equipped, empowered and enabled to have good, effective conversations online in a space where everyone can see it, 
you can do something about it. It's not all about the tech. It could be you have an environment where you have a town hall, for example, and your employees come along and are able to ask questions. It's just about creating the conditions where your employees can have good, effective conversations. If you choose to not turn on comments, for example, that doesn't stop people having comments about your organization. They're just doing it in a place that you can't see. And I still have that question. I've been answering that question for so so many years where people are concerned about, well, leaders particularly, well, what if people have negative comments and they put it on Yammer? Brilliant. Because then you can see it and do something about it. It doesn't stop them happening just because you don't have Yammer. If they've got negative comments, likelihood is they'll say it's somewhere that you can't see and be seen to respond to them. Yeah, absolutely. Giving employees a voice is a huge benefit of of social media and internal social media particularly, but it should be coupled with your values and the way that you work as an organisation, your culture, which is genuinely we want our employees to have, have a voice. But that's quite terrifying for organizational communicators because the, I see enterprise social networks, they're not, they're not a comms channel. They're not a tool for us to use. They are a conversation that is owned by the organization. Yeah. It shouldn't be. When I'm analyzing, I do lots of audits of companies to audit their internal comms. And if I look at their enterprise social networks, I don't want to see the comms team in the top 10 users. I don't want to see that they are the noisiest people. It should be that you have other people, employees in your organization who see the value in using these tools and choose to get their jobs done. That for me is what good looks like when it comes to enterprise social networks is it's not comms and IT talking about comms and IT. It's it's your people getting their jobs done. Um, and what sort of technology do you find that people are using the most? What What are the most popular platforms that you see? So Office 365 has transformed many organizations okay. because you have Yammer in there. So where Yammer has always felt like an optional extra for many organizations where they might have their internet over here and Yammer over here. And Yammer is a place where you go and you have to sign in. Now Office 365, because it's integrated, you might not know that you're using Yammer. So if there's a blog, for example, from the CEO, which is on your internet homepage, and there's comments underneath, you don't need to know that actually that function is fueled by Yammer. It's seamless now. And it's so integrated that it's been made easy for you to amplify employee voice and to have good, effective two-way communication. So I'm really excited for Office 365. I think the new things that are coming with Delve and Stream and all the other add-on bits that they've got enable you as an organization to really have effective internal comms fueled by technology, which in a way that we haven't really had, it's all been a bit bitty before. And now it's more integrated. Workplace certainly is getting a lot of people very excited. I think because of the ease of functionality for years, people have been saying, we need a Facebook like platform inside our organization. And here we go, you have exactly that you have a platform by Facebook. I've seen some really good examples of workplace being used. I've featured quite a few on my blog. But ultimately, I think it all comes down to creating permissions within your organization to work in this way. The way that you talk about your internal comps should be that we really value using these tools and technology because it helps us get our job done. It's always linking back to for good, effective internal comms to work has to be, how does this help us achieve our purpose in organisation? How does it help us cure more patients, sell more widgets, transport more people? Sure. Whatever it is that your purpose is, if you link your digital tools to that, then you've got a much better chance of 
using them for good and using them for the right conversations to enable your people to get their work done. That's how it shifts from, I'm just going to go and log into Yammer. I'm going to go and be social for a bit because I've got 10 minutes versus this is a true digital workplace. It's a true integrated way of working and being. Okay. You mentioned intranets. Are intranets still a thing? <laughs> yes, they are. Do you know, I someone asked me that a couple of weeks ago and I, I was quite shocked, but I think it's because there's been so much focus on enterprise social networks that some people are struggling to see if there's still room for an internet. So for me, when I think about the way an organization communicates, you need to have a single source of truth. You need to have a place where your employees know they can get accurate, credible, reliable, trusted information. For some organizations, that's line managers. For some organizations, that's the comms team. For many organizations, it's the intranet. So your intranet is your source of truth. It's where you get your policies, your procedures. It's where you get the news and the views about what's going on in your organization. So when I audit companies particularly and I analyze how are they communicating now what's their culture like how they need to communicate in the future I often find intranets that that are a place where pdfs go to die and they are so unloved and they're and (laughs) set up with really good intentions but they've lost their way and it's because often other shiny things will come along like yammer or like workplace and the purpose of the internet is not clear anymore or they've just been so busy with so many different channels that they're not signposting between them so for me the purpose of an internet should be a window on your world a window on your culture so I should be able to look at an internet and get a really clear understanding of this is this organization and this is here are the people here's what makes them unique and this is what makes this organization very special that doesn't always happen I think if you don't have a purpose for your internet if you have groups on Yammer for example where you've got lots of documents pinned you've got I don't know, say an HR group and all your policies are on there and you've got an IT group and it's a really vibrant place where people are helping each other out if you've got problems. If you don't have a need for an internet, don't have one. For me, it's understanding where is information in our organisation, how is communication happening and designing your channels around it to look at what do we need? What do our employees need to get their work done? Not what do they want? What do they need? But I love an internet. <laughs> I really do. I do. I think they've done well. They can be fantastic, particularly for amplifying employee voice. You've got employee blogs on there. It's wonderful. It can be a really good way. And because normally you design them mobile first, yeah. and then it's just a visual way of, of being in your employees' pockets and for them, most importantly, to join the conversation, not just to broadcast here's the company news, it's to hear their views back. That's really important. Yeah, it sounds like, to my mind, I've probably just never seen a good intranet. (laughs) That's probably where my bias comes from, I expect. (laughs) That's interesting. There are are some really bad ones out there. There are really, there's actually... Sharon O'Day's got an, a Pinterest board called Ugly Intranets, which is well worth the homage <laughs> if you want to have a look. <laughs> there's, some, there's some howlers out there. But there are also some very good ones. I, I mean, it sounds to me like the role of an intranet is very much like the hub role of a website in external-facing communications. And in external-facing communications, you have your Facebook page and your Twitter profile and your Instagram profile or whatever it is. From an internal comms perspective, you have your intranet, which is like your website, and then you have your enterprise social network or whatever it is sort of around that. Totally. I think for me, when I look at an intranet, I want it to be 
a window onto the world of that organisation. I want to be able to see in there conversations that are happening. This is why Office 365 is doing so well, I think, is because visually you've got everything there, putting what you've got in there. You've got a Yammer widget or if you've got your Twitter feed coming in, you've got blogs and videos from leaders or frontline employees, and you've got a real visual representation of your organisation and the way that it's working. And it's everything in one place. Particularly if you are using, and I and I deliberately don't align myself with Microsoft or Facebook or any different technology provider because there's not a one size fits all approach. And I make recommendations based on a culture and what an organisation needs. And I'm really clear. I've I've said no to opportunities to align, and will continue to say no because when you look at an organisation, you look at the way that it communicates. It will vary. So some people don't need to see the Twitter feed, for example. They don't see. They're not really focused on how they're communicating externally. That doesn't really impact how they work internally. Whereas for other organizations, they need to absolutely be aware of what's being said about us in real time. What are we saying in real time? Because that impacts the way they work. So intranet is a good way of bringing all of that together and helping you make sense of your external comms internally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I have to say, I'm not a fan of Microsoft, but I can totally see how that is a... a valuable tool to be able to see everything in one place. It just makes perfect sense. Mm. Another question about content, really. What's the role of content when it comes to internal communications and how that works on digital platforms like Yammer, for example, or Slack or or whatever an organisation might be using? So I think the role for content, particularly from an internal comms mindset, is that our role has shifted. So we used to be the content creators and we're now the content curators And that shift is something I've been writing about for about six years. And when I first started writing about it, I got quite a bit of pushback from the internal comms community saying, but content will always be about us. We will always be creating content. And yes, we might ask employees for quotes, but it's always about us. Right. That's completely shifted now. Everyone... Everyone thinks they can do comms anyway, but everyone can now be, they can now be a content creator. And that is brilliant and beautiful because when you see that in an organization, you get a real vibrancy and a real sense of the way things are done around here because you can see your employees sharing their stories. In terms of us as communicators, what that means is spotting opportunities to repurpose content. I think most organizations are terrible at doing that. So for example, if there's something brilliant that's gone on in Yammer and you're looking to improve adoption of Yammer, for example, then I would pull out what are the Yammer wins that we've had and I would seed that across other channels. I'd put it in an email newsletter to say three things that have happened as a result of Yammer this week, for example. I'd use existing content conversations, pull it across into another channel to really show visibility across the organization. And I don't think we're very good at that. I think in terms of visual content, we keep talking about this in internal comms. We know we need to be more visual. I think we're starting to see a shift of conversations around voice and around chatbots and around all the new things that are turning our heads. That will have a direct impact on our content. So it's no longer how can we create a newsletter or an article. It's how can we record a conversation with the CEO? How can we strip out the audio and do a podcast from it so we can reach our front line? And it's just thinking very, very differently. And this isn't rocket science, really. It's around how can we 
be smarter with our content? How can we plan effectively? So some organisations have now organised themselves around content. So Mark Davis at the post office blogged for me a couple of years ago because they restructured their comms teams from internal and external to be content focused. Okay. So rather than look at, is this internal? Is this external? The post office have been going, okay, so we've got something we want to communicate. Who's the audience? As you do with any piece of internal or external comms, and you do it once. And it might be a video and you might slightly change the beginning or slightly change the end. And then you use it internally and you use it externally. So you might tweak it slightly, but it's not, I've made a video for external. I've made a video for internal. It's just organizing yourselves around what stories are we sharing? Mm. What content do we need to create? And how can we make the most of it inside and outside of our organization? So that's been a really big shift. I'm seeing that more. That's happening more and more. Yeah, there's a valuable lesson, I think, for anyone, the value of repurposing content and using it in different ways, because whether you're talking internal or external, it often doesn't happen enough. It's something that I see time and time again as well. Yeah. And I think there's an awareness amongst communicators that we need to get better at it. And certainly the Gatehouse did their 10th State of the Sector survey, came out a couple of weeks ago, and in the top five priorities for internal comms people. So the number one was around communicating strategy, values and purpose, as you would expect. And number two was improving digital channels, which I thought was really interesting because we've got them. It's now how can we improve them? And for me, repurposing and content is a massive part of that is how do you make the most of the time, money and effort that we're spending with our channels? Yeah, fantastic. Okay, well, that's been really interesting talking to you. I think I've learned a lot listening to you in the way that perhaps the processes that go through internal communications aren't actually that different from the way you think about external. They're just using different technologies, different ways of putting content into the world, if you like. Yeah, indeed. And I think the the beautiful thing about it is that who knows what's next? There are so many opportunities ahead of us. Who knows what's next? All this new technology on the horizon with AR and all the exciting stuff. It's just what will that mean for internal comms and how will we integrate those new new areas in, into what we're doing? I'm really excited by that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you very much, Rachel. I really appreciate your time. If people would like to talk to you further about internal communications and about how digital's affecting it, where can they find you on the internet? So I'm at all things I see on Twitter. So letter I, letter C for internal comms. And my website is allthingsic.com. And my blog on there has 1,100 articles about wow. all things internal comms, social media, and everything in between. So yeah, do do get in touch. Love, love, to, love to help people learn more about this if they're interested. Lovely. Thank you very much, Rachel. Pleasure. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's show, you should check out Digital Download Live, the interactive digital marketing conference for PR, comms and digital media professionals. It's happening on the 26th of April in London, and we'll be covering many of the topics addressed in this podcast, including developments in influencer marketing, artificial intelligence, Facebook marketing, messaging and voice recognition. You can find more information and book tickets at digitaldownload.training. And you can contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton or by email at paul at paulsutton.co. Thanks for listening.